Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rod. Tanner and I'm joined here today by Jordan Blackwell and we're going to be looking back on Leicester City's 2-1 defeat at the Etihad Stadium against Manchester City and there's plenty to discuss in the Jordan, it was quite a controversial game, Uh, City going behind to a disputed first uh, goal by David Silva with uh, the City players incensed that uh, Raheem Sterling was offside and interfering with play at the time, what what did you make of that one? Um, I, I agree with the, with the City players that he was interfering with play. Um, I think more so um, with Christian Fuchs and Kasper Schmeichel. I think Kasper Schmeichel was too far away um, that even if Sterling hadn't been in the way, I don't think he would have got there. But Christian Fuchs might have been able to swing his leg at the ball if Sterling wasn't there. Um, and if he's, if he's in an offside position and he's... Preventing a Leicester player from doing that, then then it's then it's an offence and it should have been a free kick to Leicester. I mean, we understanding the rules is that if you're standing in offside position but you're not interfering with play and you don't make an attempt to play the ball, uh, then you can be deemed to be um, okay. But he, he clearly took a swing at the ball yeah, as well, didn't yeah. he? Um, yeah, he's. He, I mean, he's, just, he's tried to put the ball in the net and tried to get himself a goal. Um, which I suppose you could say, yeah, that you know that's clearly interfering with play that he's you know he's attempted to play it um it's just that through his own um mishap I suppose that he's that he's missed it um but so it yeah I think it was clear that the goal shouldn't have stood yeah city uh, city's heads dropped after that and they uh, it looked like a body blow their body language wasn't particularly good for a few minutes and then they conceded a, a second but there was no dispute in that one was there no, absolutely not. No, another <laughs> one clattering into his opponent to give away the penalty, and uh, and that was easily dispatched as well for two nil. Uh, but then Shinji Okazaki, uh, he doesn't uh, tend to either either bundles a ball over or he scores a worldie, and it was a worldie this time. But yeah, like uh, excellent goal. I thought I thought it was a really good sort of team move. There was a, a bit of a interplay between Myers and King, and the ball out to Warbrighton. Um, great cross and, and lovely finish. I, that, you know, I was really impressed with the with how Leicester managed to just step it up a little bit after you say after their heads seemed to drop. Um, yeah, and a and a brilliant strike, lovely um lovely connection. Um, and it's nice to see him back on the score sheet after a a, a few months uh, without scoring. Well, I thought Man City were much the better side in the first half, and that goal gave um, City a, a lifeline. But second half, I thought it was much improved performance. They really took the game to the host, didn't they? And uh, they made life very, very difficult for them. Do you feel they should have got something out of the game? I think on the balance of chances, they deserved a point. Um, I think I can't really remember Manchester City having an attempt or in the second period or Schmeichel having to make a key save. But Leicester threw everything they had at it. They, they, they made the substitutions. They were the the more proactive side. They created a few openings, not necessarily clear openings. Um, uh, and then came the, the penalty, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Yeah. But um, I think 
on the on the balance of play, I think they had enough chances that, that you could say that they deserved a point from the game. Well, they did have that chance, and it was a golden chance as well. Riyad Mahrez, brilliant piece of skill to win the penalty in the first place, but not such a great piece of skill with the penalty being dispatched via two touches. The referee spotted referee Robert Madley, who had a difficult afternoon, I thought. They had a lot of contentious decisions to deal with, and uh, that was certainly one. We've seen them so many times um, and players have got away with it, slipping as they strike the ball and touching the ball twice for the feet. But technically, referee was right, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, it was the, it was the correct decision. It's just unfortunate from from Leicester and Morris's point of view. Um, those are the rules. Whether you know, I've seen a few people suggest that those are the rules. Those sort of rules should be changed because Morris clearly didn't mean to touch it twice, um, and perhaps he should be allowed to to retake it in those circumstances. But Going by the the laws as they are, that was the, it was the correct decision, and it's you just got to put it down as one of those unfortunate uh, circumstances. I imagine it uh, makes it all the worse that uh, Antoine Griezmann got away with one exactly the same, didn't he, for Atletico Madrid in the Champions League against Real Madrid? And um, this is the first time I've seen one that's not been given. As you say, it wasn't a deliberate double touch, um, and whether it, but whether that took the ball. Past the keeper. I mean, he certainly was protesting to the referee before the ball and even hit the net, yeah. hadn't he, Caballero? So uh, he obviously saw it was a, a double touch. So, what did you make of Riyadh's performance in general? Um, I thought he was okay. I thought, um, as uh, as has been the case for a lot of this season, I thought there was moments where um, he looked sort of unstoppable. I think his, his, his sort of his touch and his his close control is extremely good. Um, and I think there was certain periods, particularly in the second half, when he he breezed uh, past Clichy. Um, but I think the same sort of criticisms of him can be said again. He wasn't quick enough to to close down Clichy in when Leicester were defending on at times. Sometimes he wasn't in the right place at all because he'd not, he'd not got back. Um, and occasionally as well, I think he. This was more so in the first half. He tries to do too much and ends up running into the defender. Perhaps when a simple ball um, is a better option. But I think the second half he he was really good, and I think um, certainly I know there's a debate as to as to his future. But I think he he's such a he's such a match winner and such a talented player that I, I would like to see at Leicester City keep him. At, um, whatever bid may come in for him. Yeah, well, he certainly stoked the, uh, the flames himself with an interview with Sky at the end of last week where he confessed that initially last summer he wanted to leave before changing his mind. He said, uh, let's be stressed, the, uh, he, he said he didn't regret that and it was the right decision to stay at Leicester City this season. But uh, he, he certainly wouldn't, uh, and I wouldn't expect him to commit his future to Leicester City verbally uh, now because who knows what's going to happen during the summer. But he did say... Uh, his dream is to play in the Champions League every season and for a big club. Now, I think that's sort of basically hedging his bets there. That he, he He's edging towards wanting to uh, move on and challenging himself. But it all depends if somebody comes in. Do you think somebody will come in for him? Because after the season he had last season, when he was at the top of his game, PFA, Player of the Year, Ballon d'Or nominee, nobody put a bid in for him last summer. So uh, do you expect a bid to come in this year? Um, I'm not so sure. I think... I'm not surprised that there the, the wasn't many bids, or there wasn't any bids uh, last season, because I think a, a lot of the, the bigger clubs and the, the Champions League regulars wouldn't buy a player on what could be an anomaly of a season. Um, it's proved, That's proven a little bit of the case, because Mark Morris has struggled to you know, get the, the goals and assists that he did get last season. But I think, 
there is enough talent in his game um, that I think he would do well at a Champions League regular, at a big club, as he um, describes it. Uh, whether he would start for that club, I don't know. He could be a, a, a certainly a good backup winger. And I think um, one thing that we would see is that there wouldn't be so much focus on him if he was uh, at a as a more established club, if they had, I think he mentioned this in his, his Sky interview, that if he was at a club where there was other stars, uh, the focus wouldn't be on him. So in terms of the opposition defenders and closing him down and maybe marking him with two players, uh, and also the, the, the pressure on him to, to be the, the sole creator and, um, and create the chances. If he was at another club, that wouldn't all rest on his shoulders. Um, so I think he would. I think he would fare well at, at a big club. But I think, given his his wages as well at Leicester, I, I, and his performances this, is this season, it's, it's difficult to say whether anyone would come in for him. This is the thing. See, he signed a big contract now. He's got another three years to run on it. If he was going to be expensive and too expensive to put teams off last summer, it's going to be even more expensive this summer to get him out of that contract. So uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. But as uh, Shakespeare said after the game, there's been no bids for any of his players so far in the season. It has only got less than a week to go. Uh, but talking about the uh, the close of the season, two home games this week. It's Tottenham coming to the King Power Stadium on Thursday with the... Uh, the final game of the season on Sunday against Bournemouth at the King Power Stadium. But Leicester City have a few injury worries, don't they, Jordan? Uh, Andy King, the latest one. Yeah, and I think that that's the, the key area now in central midfield. Andy King joins Drinkwater and uh, Papi Mendy uh, on the sidelines. So that leaves just uh, Ndidi and Demarte as the, the fit central midfielders. Um, I suppose that's a, that's a concern for Leicester. It's, well, it's not too much of a concern because there's only the two games left and there's, there's nothing, nothing riding on them uh, in terms of Premier League safety. Um, but it's certainly um, certainly not good for Leicester that they that, that they can't you know give people a game and they, they can't try things out because they're so you know they're so reduced in terms of their squad size. Yeah, Danny Amati and Wilfred Ndidi, I, I can't. I mean, those two would be interesting combination, really. Both of them are defensive-minded midfield players. Who's going to get forward? It might work. They might give them uh, better stability in in midfield. But uh, we'll certainly see what happens this week. Uh, but I think central defence is also a big worry. And and what did it say to you that um, Shakespeare? opted for Christian Fuchs, moving Christian Fuchs in from left-back to centre-back and bringing Ben Chilwell in at left-back rather than turning to Martin Veseleski, who we know is out of contract this summer. Um, well, I, I think that's... Um, well, I think it was the right decision. I think Veselevsky's performances have, have, I suppose, have not been great. I think the, the standout performance of his this season was against Chelsea in the League Cup when he, he was sent off for elbowing Diego Costa. Um, and I think... Perhaps his, his time at Leicester City is over. And I think it made sense to bring Fuchs uh, in there. You know, he, he played centre-back for Austria. And also Chilwell has done well when he's had to, to come in for Fuchs. Um, so I think that was the the correct decision. And I think you know, this might be the, the season where Vasilevsky doesn't get a, a one-year extension. It's, uh, it was quite an impressive display, wasn't it, from Chilwell? The, the youngster keeps... Uh, developing every time we see him, he looks a better player. He looks a real prospect, doesn't he? Yeah, it, it really, I thought he was really, really good. Um, particularly going forward, he seemed to to breeze past the the, uh, the Manchester City players. Um, you know, he's 
he's not lacking in confidence on the ball, um, which is something you occasionally see from a from a young player. He doesn't he doesn't stand out as someone you who you would think is inexperienced. Uh, certainly on the ball, uh, there was a couple of times when Raheem Sterling got past him in in the first half, but he seemed to recover a little bit and seemed to to know how to and seemed to have figured him out. But by, by the end of the game, uh, but those are the sorts of things that you will learn as you play more regularly. Uh, but certainly it's promising his, his ability on the ball and his ability going forward. Exactly, that's what impresses me the most, the fact that and there's, there's many way, different ways of defending against uh, wingers and his option is to make them defend against him and uh, Sterling couldn't keep up with him in that second half, I didn't feel. He really put um, the England international uh, on the back foot and uh, he, he, he struggled against Chilwell, so I was really, really impressed with him. But uh, let's talk about now tonight, it's the... Uh, end of season dinner at the King Power Stadium, Leicester City's award night when they hand out their uh, their tin, their pots and pans for uh, player of the year and young player of the year. And we obviously don't know who's won them. We obviously don't know who's won them, but who who, who stood out for you this year? Who are the contenders for player of the season? Um, the contenders, I would say, um, are Casper uh, Schmeichel, um, Mark Albrighton, Danny Simpson, I would say probably the main three in terms of consistency over the course of the season. Um, personally, I voted for Casper Schmeichel. I thought during the early parts of the season, when, uh, as we all know, Leicester didn't play that well, I thought it was Drinkwater and Schmeichel that were the, the two that, that played um, played well. Uh, since Shakespeare's taken over, I think the whole team has improved, but I think... Um, since then, Albrighton and Schmeichel have been the two again mm. that have that stood out. I think Schmeichel's made some superb saves. He's, his all round game has been very good, but also he's made some superb saves uh, this season. I think the two against Copenhagen uh, back in October and November, and also the one from Andy Carroll against West Ham, mm. as well as the penalty save, mm. uh, the two penalty saves against Sevilla. So I think there was a, there's enough standout moments to say that that, that he deserves um, that award. Yeah, he certainly has been the one that I've said before has enhanced his reputation this season. But uh, Michael Brighton and, and, and Danny Simpson, for me, are two unsung heroes, very consistent. Um, they don't always catch the eye, you know, in the, by doing a, an outrageous piece of skill. But uh, they, you know what you're going to get from them. They, they never let Leicester City down. It'd be nice if they, uh, one of them got a bit of recognition uh, as well, I should imagine. But what about a young player? I mean, we've had Ben Chilwell come through it. Demi Gray's uh, had his moments, haven't we? Wilfred Ndidi coming in in January. Who, who's caught the eye for you? I think, um, given his impact uh, since he arrived, I think Ndidi is, is is the the one to vote for. Um, if he hadn't come in, I, I probably would have said Chilwell. I think mm. when he's he's made his appearances, I think he's been consistently good. But um, Ndidi really affected the team in a positive way. You know, he's, he's come in as a team into the team he's still he's still very young um, but he's come straight in new team and he's made a big impact almost immediately um, and that's a really tough ask for for a young player um, but I think he, he's been he's been really good and he's got a, a very bright future ahead of him and also he can score a couple of screamers <laughs> yes. can't he and, and we've got a goal of the um, of season award tonight as well and uh, I think if it had happened a few weeks ago Shinji's volley at Man City might have been a contender for that but it's hard to look beyond the Ndidi strike now, is it? I think the um, in terms of a long-range goal, I think Ndidi's two, the one against Derby and the one against mm. Stoke are the two. Maybe Damari Gray against Manchester United. Mm. Um, I quite liked 
Vardy second against Manchester City, which was the, the, the Mares first time through ball and Vardy rounded the goalkeeper. Mm. I, as, a, as a team mover, I, yeah. I thought that was a very good goal, but I think um, I think it will be between Ndidi and Gray. Brilliant. Well, we'll see who the uh, the winners are tonight on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page and uh, read all the uh, reaction in tomorrow's Mercury and on our Mercury website and Facebook page. So thanks again for tuning in to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. Join us again next time. <sighs>